is the EWN Podcast Network. Hey, Beauty Boss, welcome back to another episode of the Beauty Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Day, and the CEO over here at Beauty Boss Network, your go-to resource to find everything that you need in order to help you break out, fall out, and blossom into the beauty boss of your dreams. Beauty Boss Network. On today's episode of the Beauty Boss Podcast, I am going to dive into marketing, and we're going to talk about three marketing strategies that you need to be implementing in order to help you book your dream client and double your sales. Now, if booking your dream client and doubling your sales sounds exciting to you, then just wait till I get into this content because I have been on both sides of it. I've been that person that is not constantly booked. I've been that person that's been constantly booked, but been booked with the people that drive me absolutely insane. Insane, and it wasn't until I learned these marketing strategies to till I really started enjoying my life. You know, it's one thing to chase your dream and to be doing what you love to do, but if you're behind that chair day in and day out, and you're having to work with people that drive you absolutely insane, then you know that it's just not worth it. It's not worth living your dream if you're living around people that you don't like. And I believe that we deserve to have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can be making bank doing what you love to do with people that you love to be around too. So whoever your dream client is, whether it is a specific style of beauty, whether it is a celebrity client, whether it's a specific type of bride, whatever it is that you do, you deserve to have the client of your dreams. And these techniques are going to teach you how to do that. So the very first step to really booking the dream client that you've always wanted is you need to get rich in your niche. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that the number one reason you aren't booking your dream client is because you don't even know who your dream client is. I mean, you might think that you know who your dream client is, but what you're doing wrong is in order to land the client of your dreams, you need to stop speaking to everybody else. All right, this industry is more saturated than ever. So in order to stand out, you need to be clear who it is that you're trying to reach. So once you've figured that out, you can be way more effective with how you're marketing and make sure that it's easy to, you're, you are easy to be found by the right clients, not just anybody looking for hair or makeup or eyebrows or lashes or whatever it is that you do that you're listening right now. So doing this really requires knowing your dream client avatar. Um, It's kind of also referred to as a customer profile. I feel super corporate right now, and I like it. So most of us, we really don't take the time to sit down and really do this, but it's so crucial to landing your marketing message. So to build a bomb client avatar, you need to make sure that you cover these five key components. Number one, what are your dream client's goals or values? Number two, What do they get, or excuse me, where do they get their sources of information? Number three, what are their demographics? Number four, what are their challenges and pain points? And then number five, what would their objections be and what role do they play in the sales process? I'm going to go into this a little bit more in detail because I know that that just sounds like a bunch of really weird mumbo jumbos, but stay with me because it's the people that don't take the time to think this intentionally about how they're going to go after their dream client that 
don't get their dream client. And if you want to keep getting what you've always got, then by all means, keep doing what you've always done. But if you're really ready to see a shift and you're really ready to shake things up, then taking the time to really process this so that you can go and apply it intentionally is invaluable for you. So let's talk a little bit more in detail about number one. You need to understand what is your dream client's goals, or values. In other words, tell me what your dream client's goal would be as a result of working with you and what do they value most about what it is that you're offering for them. All right, you need to be able to really break that down because if you are offering makeup and there's 10 other makeup artists within a 10 mile radius that they could go to, what is gonna make you different? right? And not just what makes you different. You have to stop thinking from the perspective of what makes you different based off of the way that you perceive it. How do they perceive it? What matters to them, right? What's going to ultimately make them choose you over the other makeup artist around the corner is understanding what their goals and their values are as a result of working with a makeup artist and speaking directly to that. Not, ex- not, not what you think makes you different, right? But from the perspective of the client and what they're really hoping to get. Number two, where do they get their sources of information? We need to know exactly where your dream client is spending their time. You know, I, I, I get into like, what books do they read? What magazines do they subscribe to? Which gurus or celebrities do they follow? What social media channels are they primarily on? Right? Like, this is so important because now you know where they're spending their time. You know where to go find them. Cool. You not only that, but you also start to understand how to speak their language, how to relate to them, what matters to them in a conversation. Because people like to work with people they like. So understanding and making sure that you're really clear on where they're getting their sources of information, what's going to matter to them in that conversation is so super important, which kind of leads me to number three. What are their demographics? And this is where it kind of starts sounding a little creepy, and I definitely really Realize that, but again, it is going to be a game changer for you in terms of really going after and attracting your dream client because applying demographic information will bring your dream client to life. So when you're writing content, email or sales copy, it can be really beneficial to just write as though your dream client were sitting across the table from you, right? So demographic info like age, gender, location, it all gives your persona a look and a feel. So when you're doing that Instagram post promoting your work, your promotion, your product, you're not just speaking about the product anymore, you're speaking to your girlfriend across the table from you and talking to her directly and the verbiage that you use with her versus the verbiage you might use with your significant other versus with your parents, right? It differs, it shifts, and it changes. So when you really start to think about what it is that you're offering in terms of who you're offering it to specifically, you're going to really alter the way that you communicate that information just based off of that alone. And that resonates with people way more than just reading some bland advertisement, right? Cool. Number four, 
What are their challenges and pain points, right? You need to know this kind of stuff because knowing this will drive new products and service development as well as all the copywriting and ad creative you'll use to compel your dream client to action. So when trying to explain to your dream client why they want you over your competitor around the corner, we would frame our messaging around building solutions to their challenges and pain points and use language that addresses them in our marketing message. So like for instance, let's say that you are an eyebrow expert, right? You do eyebrow waxing. Well, your dream client's challenge or pain point might be that, you know, a challenge might be that they have really full brows and every time they go to get their brows done, they're challenged finding somebody that can shape their brows without overly thinning their brows, right? So when that translates to when we're writing our our copy or our ads, that translates to really speaking to that challenge and saying directly, you know, my specialty is grooming brows and giving them that flawless shape without overly thinning them out. And that way, when your dream client with that full brow is reading that message, they're like, oh my gosh, that's who I need, right? Or one of their pain points might be when they get their brow wax, they break out like the next week. I'm not speaking from experience or anything, right? But I always break out after I get a wax. Um, And so one of the things that would really matter to me is if somebody came out with a product that I could use the week after some sort of aftercare that would fight breakouts or prevent breakouts from even happening, right? So that's something that you could think about offering and it could drive a new product that you could sell to double your sale, right? Or you could even speak to that again in your ad creative like I mentioned earlier. So knowing those challenges and those pain points can help you really attract that person like no one else, right? Number five, what would be their objection or hesitation? Or in other words, why would your dream client choose not to buy from you or take their money elsewhere? It's also helpful to know, are they the decision maker or are they the, are they the decision influencer in the sales process? So this is this is pretty major, especially for the people, you know, being somebody that's worked in production um, and campaigns and things like that. So many people want to know, how do I get those kinds of jobs? And most people that are really chasing those kinds of jobs are chasing the wrong people. They're chasing the decision influencer, not the decision maker. So understanding you know, if they're the influencer, who's the person making the decision? Is it a parent? Is it a spouse? Is it an agent, a producer, right? So recognizing this will help you alter your messaging to appeal to whoever's the one signing that contract or paying that deposit. Cool. So if you're wanting to work in production, a lot, I, I notice a lot of people, especially people that are really green in the industry, don't really know much about it, will chase after the talent. So they're really trying to make friends with like the models or whoever the case may be. But the models aren't the one making the decision unless it's a celebrity or somebody that really, you know, has the liberty of bringing in the people that they want to work with. Most of the time, you're not chasing the talent. Actually, you're never chasing the talent. You're always chasing after, you know, the agent, the producer, 
right, the person that's bringing in their team. Sometimes the photographer gets to choose. So building the relationships with the right person and, and knowing how to navigate that and recognizing that is so key. So if you're somebody that wants to work in production, know what kind of job it is that you're trying to get on and who's the person putting the team together. And then you know who you need to build your relationships with. Same thing goes for your, um, if you work maybe in beauty makeup, right? And you love working with the homecoming and the prom girls that, you know, really enjoy getting super glam and it's a once in a lifetime experience. So they're willing to pay top dollar for it. Well, you're speaking to not usually the student. They're not the one paying, right? So advertising to the parents is super important as well. So recognizing that is going to be key. So now that you have really taken the time to work through those five components that build up a bomb dream client avatar and you know exactly who your dream client is, it's way easier to recognize if your intentions match your impact. So once you've figured out an avatar for your dream client, everything else falls into place. And most people after that, they develop their branding around what they think is trendy or cool. But the next step to booking your dream client is to really be the brand. And I'm not just saying that in like the cheesy cliche way, like I'm, I really mean it. So does your brand speak to you or does it speak to your dream client or avatar? Okay, because it's not about saying, you know what, this is my favorite font and I am my brand, so I want this really cool cursive font and my favorite color is blue, so I want blue in the logo. Like, that's ultimately, it doesn't matter because unless you are your dream client, you shouldn't be building your brand around what it is that you like. The key to booking your dream client is to make sure that your brand attracts them. So now that you know who they are specifically, you can really build a brand that's going to attract your key dream client. And in order to have a really solid rockin' brand, you need to make sure that you're thinking about these five elements that are going to make that brand up. So number one, your brand promise. Okay, your brand promise is essentially, it represents the promise that you make to your customers that tells them who you are and what you have to offer. Cool, so that is what you're promising and what it is that you do. From there, number two is your brand perception. So once you've delivered your brand promise, your dream client forms their own perception of what that means and what that's going to look like to them. Cool, so you've made your promise, now they're gonna perceive that in their own way, right? Then from there, once they have made their perception, that leads me to number three, which is the brand expectation. So your dream client has created their perception of your promise and they'll form an expectation around how your product or service is and they're gonna expect it to be consistently identical every single time. So once you've created a promise, right, your client's formed a perception around what that looks like and they've decided at that point they wanna move forward with you, they're gonna have an expectation. And Hopefully, you're going to not only meet, but you're going to exceed that expectation. And once that expectation is put into place, it's not going anywhere. So you're going to expect that to be the same exact identical service every single time. And that's so important because I have been guilty of getting comfortable with my clients. I mean, I'm, I, I will wake up at four in the morning sometimes to get someone ready for a news segment. I had one client that would hire me really consistently for that. And there was one specific occasion she had to be somewhere really crazy early. I had to get our makeup done at like three in the morning. And it was like, 
it, it was it was rough, right? Like being ready to do makeup at three in the morning meant waking up at like one thirty to make that happen. Like I didn't even go to bed. I was exhausted. But by that time, we had worked together for several years. I was comfortable with her. So I came and I was in comfy clothes and I didn't have on makeup, but I had my kit. But the thing is, is her expectation was the presentation that I brought the very first time that I worked with her. And she never called me out. She never said anything. Her makeup and her hair looked great. But I noticed that I didn't get calls anymore. And that was the only thing that was different about her experience. So if you're really wanting to not only get your foot in the door, but you're wanting to keep it there, then you need to make sure that your brand is consistent because your client has an expectation. All right. So then what that leads me to is number four, your brand persona. I kind of touched on it a little bit, right? So I've created a promise. They've created their perception. They've got their expectation, right? So you really need to become that brand. Now, one of the things that I love to do is I love to use an example like picking a celebrity. So let's say your dream client was a celebrity. And for the sake of this example, I'm just going to use, I don't know, I'm just going to use... Gwen Stefani. Okay. I'm going to use Gwen Stefani. I love her because she is really fashion forward, daring, um, because she always kind of switches up her look. So that would be like a lot of fun to work with her for hair and makeup, but even styling. She just is always doing something different, but she's also super clean and and polished, right? So when I think about her, I've got all these adjectives that I would use to describe her. So I kind of want my brand to have the same vibe. It's clean, it's polished, it's fashion forward. So I'm thinking like clean, streamlined, fashion forward. So I'm thinking like black or white, you know, but not nothing too, um, nothing too flashy, not glittery, like just very just very New York Fashion Week, right? So I'm thinking something along those lines. Now, if I have a brand that gives off that vibe, but then I show up and I am in, like I said earlier, like sweatpants and a ponytail with like no makeup on, you saw this online, this image of this super high fashion, edgy, you know, kind of vibe, but then you show up looking something completely different and you're not really fitting that persona. So not only are you not meeting the client's expectation, but before you even get your foot in the door and you're just walking around on the street, you're not really speaking to your brand. You're not attracting your dream client when you're just living your life. So whatever it is that you're trying to represent in your business, you need to represent in yourself all the time by making sure that your persona is in alignment with the brand that you've created. And then last but not least, your brand elements are the same way. So when I say elements, I'm talking about everything from not just your persona, but also your logo, your website, your business cards, all that that should be streamlined and synergistic with the other elements of your brand listed above so that you are really attracting that dream client of yours. Cool? So you've got all that information. You know exactly who your dream client is. You know exactly how to build a brand that's going to attract to them. Lastly, you need to implement it right? You've got to implement all of this information with intention. It does you no good to listen to this if you're not going to go out and you're going to implement it and you're going to do it intentionally in your life. So you are officially rich in your niche and you've identified exactly who your dream client is. You have become the brand that speaks to your niche and all of your brand elements are on 
fire. So now it's time to implement that. If you want to get what you've always got, like I said earlier, then just keep doing what you've always done. But if you're really ready to see the shift, then you need to shake things up. So this is where your client avatar is going to come in handy. So I want you to be able to really refer back to that when you're trying to determine where to focus your marketing efforts. So is your dream client on Facebook primarily? Well, then why are you spending all of your energy focus on Instagram, right? Like success is not one size fits all and there's a different recipe for everyone. So keep your eyes on your own mat like the yogis say and focus on you and your goals and your dream client. Okay, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It matters what's working for you. And I can't stress that enough because I just feel like, you know, the industry, you see what everyone is doing and you think that's exactly what I need to do. Well, there's enough for everyone and there's a different route to get there for everyone. So stop focusing on everybody else and try different things and seeing what works. You'll be shocked by the things that really attract different people. And if everybody is all in the same place doing the same exact thing, I guarantee you there's a whole group of clients waiting somewhere else because they're just not there. Not everybody is on Instagram. So I'm not saying delete Instagram. I always think that Instagram's amazing for a visually driven industry, like the beauty industry, being that it's a visually driven application. But it's not the only place to go about doing things. Oh my god, look at that. But there's a problem on my hip. It's that time for a beauty blooper. Brought to you by CelebrityScience.com, making you the leading brand in your category. Hey, what's going on? This is Walter Johnson with the Beauty Boss team and crew. I have a funny beauty blooper. I was probably in middle school. My brother was probably a freshman in high school. What happened was is there was this drugstore back in the day when we used to call them drugstores. Do we still call them drugstores? But anyway, it was Eckerd's, and they used to have this basket of um, goods that were on sale, like 50 cents, 25 cents, and they were just getting rid of, you know, merchandise and everything. So anyway, long story short, my mom picked up some lotion, brought it home. My brother put it on his face, and the lotion was not lotion. It was Nair. So my brother took his eyebrows off, butt-naked face. He came out of the restroom, looked at me. I did everything to keep from laughing. He had a butt-naked face. He had no eyebrows on his face, and he was crying. He said, look. Look, <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. So he went to school with two Band-Aids on his eyes, got talked about by his friends and got scored on and all those things. But that's my beauty blooper. Walter Johnson Jr. signing out. Beauty Boss Network. Be a boss. Beauty Boss Network. So here's some of my little tidbits when you're implementing with intention, right? Number one, do choose your networking events according to where your dream client is spending their time, right? 
but do not go to networking events just for the sake of networking. So again, pay attention to that dream avatar and and go back to it and reference it. Where are they spending their time? Well, 10 years from now, where they're spending their time might shift. So you have to constantly reinvent and and revisit these things, right? So be very intentional with where you're putting your time because we all only have 24 hours in the day. You can't go to every single networking event out there. But why are you going to networking events where you're definitely not going to find your dream client? Just doesn't make sense. So make sure you're being very intentional about where you're going and you're networking and making sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Okay, number two, do go to networking events with a friend so that you can work that room and be extra productive, but do not go to an event with a friend that wants to talk to you and only you the entire time because that only results in wasted time and wasted money for the both of you. And I feel like this really pertains more so to women than my men on the call or on the podcast. I um, I feel like girls do this all the time. Like they show up with their girlfriend, they drove together, we walk in together, they go to registration together, they go to the bar together and get their drink together. Then they go to the bathroom together and then they go and they get their hors d'oeuvres together they chat together they leave together well who did you meet like what connections did you make and I feel like a lot of us choose to go to networking events with a friend for comfort reasons because it can be kind of uncomfortable going by yourself and being forced into conversations with people that you don't know but guess what get over it like (laughs) that's I, I can't even sugarcoat it like that is what it's You have to get comfortable with the discomfort of talking to people. And it's not even like I'm this extroverted person that you're like, but Brianna, I'm an introvert. You don't understand. I actually really do because I am very much an introvert at heart. I consider myself nowadays an extroverted introvert because I would much prefer being in the comfort of my home with my three dogs and my husband, like just in my own little world. But I want bigger things than that. And I know that in order to get those things, I need to get myself out there and introduce myself to people, make myself be known, share what it is that I have to offer with this world. And I'm not going to do that from my couch. So I need to get out there and I need to get over my fear of rejection or being awkward or whatever the case may be. And I definitely have had some awkward conversations, but the more I've had them, the better I've gotten at navigating, networking and doing it effectively. So get over your fears of going out there and having to talk to somebody that you don't know only go to a networking networking event with a friend if you guys are going to really divide and conquer work each side of the room and then schedule time for coffee the next day to really compare who you guys met and girl this client was not really for me but this is somebody that you definitely need to know and vice versa like we can help each other in that way but you're not going to get there if you just go to a networking event and stay with the one person that you know okay and you need to recognize when you've got that friend that's really latching on to and you've got to help them you've got to have that intervention and be like hey you, you're here with me so that we can grow our business, and we're not going to grow our business if we're only talking to each other, right? So there you have it. Cool? Next, do be authentic to yourself, okay? Because one of the best things about these exercises that I talked about is it will help you realize if your dream client avatar is in alignment with the brand you want to become, right? Like, you might have walked into this thinking that, you, your dream client was this one person, but after realizing the type of brand that was going to speak to that dream client, 
that maybe that's not what you're trying to represent. And that's okay. It's okay to shift directions. So don't compromise who you are. Don't try to change who you are to appease a client because not only can they smell the inauthenticity, but you're just not going to be happy. And I can also speak from experience in building a brand that wasn't a true representation of me. And I was building a monster that I didn't enjoy. And on paper, like the business looked like it was doing great. Like all of the elements were there. Like our corporate sponsors were excited about working with us, our testimonials were starting to add up, our numbers were shifting and we were starting to turn a profit and things were looking really good. But on the inside, I was super unfulfilled because I wasn't happy because I didn't feel alignment with the brand that I built. And I, I had to take a step back and I had to make a huge change in my life. And I'm so much happier now because the brand that I built is in total alignment with the person that I am. And that is what it's all about. Like, again, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You deserve to have both. You can live a life that you love and get paid doing it. So don't be afraid to stop and totally rebrand or shift directions. People do it all the time. I mean, even just look at Walmart. (laughs) They've totally shifted directions with their whole logo and everything. And so if they can do it after establishing a really solid brand, you can do it too. And sometimes you have to take a step back in order to take a giant leap forward. So I invite you to do that and not feel locked in just because you thought that your dream client was one person. It's okay that maybe that you've changed your mind and you've evolved and that just means that you're growing, right? And then lastly, do measure your results of your marketing efforts and adapt according to what works, okay? Don't get stuck in the complacency. You always want to try new things. Even if you're on the right track, you're going to get run over if you sit there, right? So make sure that you're not just throwing things out there just for the sake of trying new things. You have to measure your results afterwards. And it's the people that aren't intentional with what they implement that kind of just get all over the place and find themselves throwing away a lot of money and time and get frustrated because they don't have that system and process in place to really measure. And I find specifically for a lot of the artists out there, um, because I was definitely that person, I just was a creative, right? And I loved being creative. And I thought that, you know, like I have this excuse for not having systems and processes. Why? Because I'm a creative. Like, I don't need systems and processes. That's not how I do things. Like, that's not my jam, right? But what I realized is that was just an excuse to stay where I'm at and to not grow. And so in order for me to grow, I had to get over my I'm a creative excuse and start to really seek out how it is I'm going to grow. And so it's in learning and investing in myself that I figured out that if I really want to grow, I better get used to establishing some systems and processes for myself so that I can track what I'm doing so that I can see, you know what, I make my most money when I do this or my time is best spent doing that, right? Like if I pay money, for instance, this just happened to me not that long ago. I was hosting one of our free webinars, which if you don't know about it, it's probably because you haven't subscribed to our website list and you're not on our newsletter. So you don't know about all the cool free stuff and resources that we have to help you grow your business. Shame on you. You should change that. You can go to beautybossnetwork.com. Shameless plug, but back on the track here. (laughs) I was doing a free webinar and we were talking about some of these things. And I was like, you know, most of you guys probably heard about this webinar 
through my Facebook ad. And everybody chimed in the chat box. They're like, no, actually, I found out about it on Instagram. What was fascinating about that was that I paid for an ad on Facebook. I did not pay for an Instagram ad. Okay, because my video that I put on Facebook was too long for Instagram, so it wasn't going to work for Instagram. I was like, that's fine. I'm going to do it just on Facebook. And then I did a little Instagram Live about it myself. So I paid money on that Facebook ad because all of the companies that I benchmark and all of the people that I see doing webinars that I typically sign up for, I typically find out about them through Facebook, which is exactly why I was like, well, this is how I need to do it because that's how everybody else that's successful is doing their webinars. Well, how eye-opening to find that I paid this money for this ad and none of the people that were on my webinar found out about it through Facebook. They all found out about it through Instagram. So it was total aha moment for me. My next webinar I did, I did not pay for that Facebook ad. I didn't pay for any ad at all. I just spent most of my time marketing it on Instagram. And don't you know that I had more viewers on that webinar than I did on my prior one. So if that's not just a testament to not doing what everyone else is doing because that's all that works, I don't know what else is, right? But had I not taken the time to really assess where most of my people were coming from, I wouldn't have known that. So when you're working with clients and you get a new client in that chair and you don't really know how you got them, so important to find out, you know, how'd you hear about me? Because if if they say, well, I found out about you through Yelp or I found out about you through a friend or a referral, that should be like a red flag for you to say, hmm, how can I incentivize more people to refer me as a friend? Maybe I can create an incentive for my customers to continue to do that because that seems to work. People really like that, you know, that testimony from somebody they like, know, and trust. Or if they said Yelp, it's like, hmm, maybe I should really actually go ahead and pay for, you know, a boost on Yelp so that my business pops up first on the search, right? Like if that, if this is already proving to work and my ideal customer that I want to work with is clearly searching through that app, then maybe that's where I need to be more. So super important that we're constantly measuring how we're doing, what's working, all that good stuff. Because otherwise, you get stuck doing the same thing over and over, and you wonder why things aren't improving or growing and whatnot. With that being said, we've talked about nailing your niche. Niche? 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 What do you say? Tomato? Tomato? (laughs) I don't know. Niche? Niche? I think it depends on the sentence. I kind of use both pronunciations. Anyway, ADD moment. Nailing your niche, okay? We talked about being the brand, and we talked about implementing with intention. These three marketing strategies are key golden nuggets in order to start really attracting that dream client and doubling your sales. So you need to start implementing them if you haven't already and taking the time. So last little implement with intention tip is just because you listen to this podcast does not mean you made it happen. You have to set aside time to do these things. So look at your calendar. See when do I have an hour? I promise you it will take you probably half of that to sit down and really write out your dream client avatar and the five elements of your brand. So schedule it because really wildly successful people don't just happen by accident. It happens very much on purpose and they schedule their time. So schedule that time, make it happen. And with everything that I do, I like to summarize by really writing down my plan of action. So you want to really recognize too, what are you going to start, stop, and continue, right? You got to set that plan of attack so that that this time wasn't just wasted. So 
Anytime you want to start something new, I'm a firm believer that you have to take something else off of your plate. Something else needs to stop, right? You can't just continuously add on to your plate because eventually you're going to have to, you're, it's going to overflow, right? And it's not a literal plate that we're loading up, right? It's, it's, your, it's you. So you are just literally going to explode and overflow with things that you have going on with all of the overwhelm in your life. So anytime you're implementing something new into your business, you got to get something taken off. And it doesn't mean it has to get taken off forever. It just means you have to take it off for the time being. So make sure that you write down what are you going to start doing as a result of listening to today's podcast, okay? Then you got to recognize, okay, if I'm going to start this, what am I going to stop doing as a result of this podcast? And then I love to acknowledge what it is that I'm really rocking at because sometimes when you're constantly shifting and making changes in your business, it's easy to start to feel like, man, I'm just never doing anything right. So I like to also recognize what do I want to continue doing? What did you hear that you're maybe already doing or you're already cognizant of that you're going to continue because it just reaffirmed that you're on the right track? Give yourself some props and be kind to yourself because it's really easy to get so consumed with everything you're not doing that we don't ever give ourselves those brownie points. And those brownie points sometimes are exactly what you need to get that extra pep in your step to keep you going and pushing you further to get out there. So start, stop, continue. Make time to make sure that you are making these things happen because if you do, you're going to find yourself working with that dream client and with your sales doubled within the next six months. And I cannot wait to hear what you feel and think as a result of listening to this podcast. So please connect with me. I want you to join me on Instagram at beautyboss.network. I want you to join us on our blog and leave us a comment. I love reading those comments. I respond to each and every one. And what's so beautiful about Beauty Boss Network being in the stage that it's in, we're so early on in our journey building this community. And so you get to decide. You get to drive what content we put out there because we are so hands-on and so passionate about providing you with inspiration and ideas to boost your business. So be vocal about what it is that you're yearning for or you're looking for. And if you found this information to be helpful to you, one of the most helpful things you can do for us is to go on iTunes after this and leave us a review because those reviews are what keep us here and it's what keeps us going. So leave us a review. Make sure that you also come and hang out with me on our website. Check out the blog. I'd love to see what you have to say. I promise I will respond. And also make sure you come and hang out with me on Instagram too at beautyboss.network. I cannot wait to see you guys on the next podcast and we'll talk soon. See you later, beauty boss. OMG, use a boss. This episode is brought to you by Must Have More Than Makeup. My Must Have Must Have of the Week is my Mood Therapy Mask. Boost your mood with a Must Have face mask. Check it out on their Instagram account at Must Have underscore USA. That's at M U S T A E V underscore USA. This is the EWN Podcast Network.